0: When you build a relationship with someone, you're more, for lack of a better phrase, committed to each other and committed to delivering. What I don't like is ever to employ someone who I'm just paying them to do a job.
1: Good afternoon. From Swoop, it's Take the Plunge, a podcast about how business owners decided to stop what they were doing and took the plunge to start their own business. We take a look at how they came to that decision and what were those first crucial steps in getting their business up and running. My name is Kieran Burke, and I'm going to be your host for this episode. And we're joined today by Emer McManus. Emer is the Director of Digital Work Agency at DW. They support brands on all aspects of digital marketing, from entertaining social media campaigns to corporate branding and website design. Some of the projects and clients include Five Guys in Ireland and Northern Ireland. Walls Pastries, Pork Farms, our very own Swoop Funding, the JP McManus Pro and many, many more. Emer, a massive thank you for coming on. Take the plunge. You're very welcome for coming on. Thank
0: you very much for having me. I'm so delighted to be here.
1: How are you doing today?
0: Very good, thanks. How are you? How's all that? How's all at Swoop?
1: Very good. I'm very excited to r- roll out the, the podcast and, and excited to hear about the DW story. So I suppose Amazing digging into that for a second, I suppose would love to hear is what were you doing before deciding to to set up DW and kind of what was the, the light bulb moment to say, hey, kind of do this for myself?
0: Um so I set up DW when I was twenty four. So I was actually just finished university and how I ended up going into the industry was my background is in economics and when I was studying economics I ended up um, I studied in Limerick and I came to London for a six month work placement and in that work placement I joined a PR agency and the PR agency then pivoted into doing digital marketing but mainly social media so that was about seven years ago just when like social really started kicking off and Mm -hmm. I decided to extend my stay um, in London for another year and a half. So I did my third year of university um, abroad. And then I I took a year out and then I went back to finish my degree when I was 24, after going to London when I was 21 and i finished my degree and when i finished working at that agency i started freelancing and consulting and it was actually my parents who pushed me they were like you have to do this you have to set up a business and i was like i have no idea how to do this and it's actually really funny because the reason I the reason I did this like the actual reason was because I was working in an agency and I absolutely loved it but I had this idea that I wanted marketing to like look a certain way and be a certain way and I was like well the quickest way to get to it is I'll just do it myself <laughs> I, I had no idea but that's like that's how that's how I suppose it was that light bulb moment I was like I'll just do it
1: myself and yeah and I suppose like you have the light bulb moment and you're like I'm gonna do it myself so what were those first couple of moments like how did you go right how do i set up this business how do i get clients kind of what what were your kind of first couple of steps
0: so the first the actual first step was it was a wednesday i was in ireland and it was about 4 p.m and i was working and my team will hear this and they'll laugh at the story because they know what i'm going to say so what happened was i'm from limerick so it's about two hours from dublin and there's only an ikea in dublin in ireland and it was it was a late afternoon on a summer's day I remember, and I went downstairs to my mom and I was like, "That's it." I'm setting up a business I need to go buy a big desk and set up an office and so I went to to Ikea that day I drove up at half five and my mom thought I was a complete lunatic and I had to borrow her car because she had a way bigger boot and I got back from Ikea at 11 o'clock and this is no lie I got back at about 11 o'clock that night and I stayed up all night until 6am building this big massive desk in my room to like (laughs) set up my business Uh, yeah seriously and then the next day Becca, who actually still works with me, so we've been working together for five years. She's our head of design, super amazing. Uh, I called her, and we came up with the name together. We had loads of names for the business, and that was yeah. that was the actual first step. And then a month later, I moved back to London, and. I announced it on my LinkedIn and on Instagram and I picked up a few clients like from freelancing. So I didn't really start from scratch and I had built a bit of a network. And I think that's what helped me like, you know, have a great kickstart was that I had a network behind me Mm -hmm. and I had I had case studies and I had proof that I knew what I was talking about.
1: And once you built the desk, how did you find things like setting up a bank account, doing accounts? Was this all new to you or it was a second nature? How did you find that aspect?
0: Um, I googled absolutely everything. I just, (laughs) and you know what else I did? I I used to listen to podcasts, so if I knew I was going to a meeting... And let's say it was like with a a potential accountant or like a potential office space, it was like, right, I need to find out the ins and outs of setting up a business. So I sound like I know what I'm doing. And my sister is has been my accountant for the last three years. And she's been like my financial advisor. And I think having Mm -hmm. someone so close to me to be so honest with me as well has been an amazing Mm -hmm. help
1: and you you mentioned becca being there kind of from day one how crucial were your first couple of people you brought into the business those first couple of hires kind of what were the types of people you were looking for and kind of what impact did they make for you
0: um so my original team like the ogs really are they're they're still here um and i think if i didn't have such an amazing core team like between myself and emmy and becca and hannah as well who's joined and we've a couple of other people who've just joined as well I think they've they've set the foundations and what I actually looked for to be completely honest was I think everything can be taught okay the designers need a discipline Hannah's a photographer Emily is a writer but if you have a good attitude you can teach anything you if you can hire mm-hmm. the attitude and someone a lady called Penny Blake who I've known for a couple of years, that's exactly what she said to me. She said, hire the attitude and everything else will come. And our, recently okay. we were only talking about our values as a company. And we were saying, the actual, what I look for in someone and what we try to show to our clients, which, which you know from, from working with you in various businesses, mm-hmm. um, we try to be kind and compassionate. That's really it. Like everything else, like, the, okay, the proof's in the pudding with our results, but if you just work with nice people, good things will happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely, because I, I suppose that was probably my next question, you're going into an industry where, uh, let's face it, it's pretty, there's there's agencies everywhere, it's, you, you type in Google, I want a social media agency, like, I mean, you're getting on page two, you're still probably getting ads for agencies. So what was it that you were like, I'm, I know I can do this better, and, and how did you kind of differentiate yourself?
0: Um, that's a really good question what we what we've always done as a business is we shout about our clients. I think so often what happens is we get so caught in the day to day of like managing other businesses that we forget to do it ourselves previously we had forgotten but now, oh as well, I think year one. I wasn't as confident and I was almost too shy. And I I think that Mm -hmm. went down to like my age, also maybe being a young woman in business, whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, we're two and a half years in now. And I think the confidence factor has changed so much. And I am so sure in what we do and I'm so confident in my delivery, I think, from day one we used to sort of shout about it, but but now we absolutely scream from the rooftops because mm-hmm. we're 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 confident.
1: No, no, absolutely. I, I I suppose one of the the other aspects I was asking is in those early first couple of years, you're 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 experimenting all the time. So some experiments come off gloriously, some go spectacularly wrong. What were the was there any kind of couple of moments for, for you guys where you're like that went particularly well or poorly that that you reflect back and you look back on?
0: Yeah. Um I think early on what I tried to do as well was like meet as many people as possible. So like get featured on podcasts, do public speaking, all of that. Like I was like, I know I need to be present to actually like start getting some interest in this business, especially when it was just me at the start. Two things that stand out to me that I think the big I've had the biggest learnings from. And one was in our first year, we committed to someone saying we could build a website and we put our trust into a developer and unfortunately they just didn't have the skill set for what the brand required and that all Mm -hmm. fell back on me. And I remember, like I remember, I actually, me and Becca were both crying on the phone because we were like, this is it now, (laughs) this is the end. And it wasn't, and it really, really wasn't. And like, do you know as well, I think when you're so young and when you're so early in business, you actually think your mistake is the end of the world but it's not yeah. because people have yeah. so many other things going on that they actually forget about it tomorrow like they really yeah. they really do but that 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 mistake did cost me money and it cost me our I, I didn't would you believe it did not cost our relationship with the brand because we still do all of their marketing <laughs> but it That's was great. yeah but again that goes down to the relationship and they just put trust in us but we made the mistake thinking we could do it
1: yeah but i, I think that's probably commonplace of a lot of uh, young start startups. If if tech scars were tattoos, I think I think I'd be covered top to bottom with them. Uh, but in terms of, I suppose you had that first incident with working with technology outsourcing development. What did you learn from that? What What would you go into a new relationship when you're you're working with developers? What 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 did you gain from that mis- mistake, I suppose?
0: Um, I I actually gained a couple of things. Um. One was absolutely check everybody's credentials. We've got quite a few agency partners now, so that we can just focus on what we're good at, and then we just pass on, like to our partners. For example, it was Google Ads or something. We've got yeah. we've got an agency who does that for us, and I think. Um, Building, if you're going to outsource to like a freelancer or a developer, you need to build a relationship with them first. Because when you build a relationship with someone, you're more, for lack of a better phrase, committed to each other and committed to delivering. What I don't like is ever to employ someone who I'm just paying them to do a job. No. I want to know that we have the same goals for whatever business that we're working on together. And I think um, just really checking someone's credentials is so important because somebody can sell you the dream and then not deliver it.
1: Absolutely. That's really interesting what you say in terms of building those kind of core relationships that, so that you can run your model more more effectively. So from from an agency landscape, do you see those couple of outsourcing relationships like you mentioned with that AdWords agency? Are they crucial as you try and grow as a business to get those foundations right because it allows you to, to do more?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we do, we do white label for, for other agencies as well. But what I find has actually been most effective for us is that With clients, you know, we'll start off and do a client's marketing and then they will say to us, can you do, for example, our Google Ads? And I would say, no, but we do know someone who is amazing at that. And once you give them that recommendation, you're instilling that trust and you're also not trying to be greedy and take all of the pie because it happens so often in the agency world and that's something we
1: just do not do. And as as you've kind of grown as as an agency and you've kind of uh, matured, have you guys found more of an identity and then has that identity allowed you to kind of set out a strategy to say I want to do exactly this and I want to grow in the, in that area?
0: Yeah but you know what that that took a really really long time because I think when I set up the business I didn't really know where it was going to go like I, I didn't I just rocked up to London and I was like okay I'm renting a desk here we go <laughs> and that, that is the honest truth and it's actually only like two and a half years in that like Emily now who's our marketing manager has set out a strategy for the next 18 months like of our growth. And we've definitely found an identity for ourselves. Like we know, like we know the sectors that we thrive on but what what we have done as a business is we haven't actually focused on an individual, individual sector. And we get asked this a lot, The reason is because you can bring in different principles from different sectors like across the board. So I was speaking to one of my friends earlier about Swoop because he's um, looking to set up an app. And I was telling him all about how like he could raise finance, but I was like he needs to do the pitch deck first? And I said to him, I was like, we're so lucky at DW that we are specialized now across so many sectors that you can give anybody advice or you can make recommendations mm-hmm. across the board. But but going going back to, to the identity piece, I think we're still we're still figuring out like where we want to go in terms of like maybe doubled doubling down or like really specializing. But I think the identity for us is that with clients who work with us know that we're super approachable, that we really care. Like like you you know this, like I've worked with you on, on two or three businesses. And I think the team, like the ethos in our team and like what I what I know DW is known for is that they all actually just care about what they do. Yep. And I've also invested so much in the team over the last couple of years, like they've done courses like project management courses like everything that you can imagine so like in the first two years i focused all the profit on just investing it back in the team and like i have Mm -hmm. absolutely no problem spending money where i know maybe in 12 or 18 months time it's going to it's going to bring me back value
1: yeah that's that's really interesting because my next question was going to be around you you might have lots of people who start to uh, develop a specialism and want to set out and set out a consultancy or an agency model. Um, and with that, you get the highs and lows of, of, of winning clients going to pitches, and it can be unbelievably rewarding, but from a planning perspective, it can, can can be challenging. So how do you, as a business owner, deal with that from a, a planning perspective, cash management? Is it is it stressful? Is it something you got better at with over time?
0: it's super stressful it, it really really is <laughs> you know what though again going back to having someone on your accounts who you really trust yeah i think yeah the the, the the thing i did really bad at the start of the business was not keeping an eye on numbers and from swoop i actually did learn that that numbers are so important even if you don't even if you're failing on paper at least you know that you 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 can get out of this, you know. Like yeah. sometimes people get so caught up. Well, I found anyway. I used to just get so caught up in the delivery that like I'd mm-hmm. be forgetting like to chase up invoices or this or that. So it is really stressful. But I've also learned after COVID, it's not the end of the world. Like yeah. like like no one's going to jail. No one no one <laughs> no one is unwell. You know, and everything can be sorted. And like we've had such highs and lows. Like you see me, and I'm sure it's the same with you guys. Like like the highs are so high, but then people don't see the lows and they just see yeah. the like you're happy go lucky and I am ninety nine point nine percent of the time <laughs> but then <laughs> then there's an odd there's an odd blip in the road. But like that's yeah. stressful. But again, my relationship with my team is that everyone is so honest and like when it comes mm-hmm. to planning, for example, we've onboarded three new clients this week. And we would
1: normally oh, never do week. that.
0: It's been it's it's been a good week. It
1: a Friday feeling, I I'm imagine. Oh, today.
0: absolutely. It was a Thursday <laughs> feeling yesterday as well. <laughs> um, no, and you know what? We haven't on, normally what we try to do with, with, with clients coming on board to manage everybody's time, and to manage our freelancers as well. Um, we try to take on a brand. If we have two brands in a month, we'll do one every two weeks. It's the best mm-hmm. way to do it. However, our processes now, like we've really we've really nailed them and one of the one of the most important tools I think for our agency is Asana we track every yeah. single project, every single deliverable, we track every single timeline. And we really, only since March, like since COVID kicked in, when we started working remotely, did we really start using that tool. And that has yeah. absolutely changed the game for me. It's more cost effective. I manage everything through it. Like it's- Nice. It's, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Cause you, I, I'm always fascinated with uh, business owners and the tools that they, they use. I remember before you mentioned to me pandal as an accounting software was something that you uh, swore by is there is there any other tools that, that you use that you feel have been kind of instrumental at different parts of your your growth stage
0: we use slack we use slack to contact yeah. everyone as well um you know what in terms of the business as well what i do for the team every week is we listen to like a load of marketing podcasts and i listen to podcasts mm-hmm. all the time anyway and I'll set at least one podcast a week that the team have to listen to if it's about like an updated marketing trend or a new social media feature. So on a Monday, I'm like, okay, guys, heard this amazing podcast. Please, everybody listen to it. We can talk about it on Wednesday or Thursday. And having little catch ups like that. And what we also do to make sure anybody new that comes in, or even the current team, if we onboard a client, so we do a quiz about the brand. So like what we do is like if we have, oh, love a quiz. Um, <laughs> we, for example, we've just onboarded um, dog brand. Okay. Yeah. Now we need to know every single thing about the dog industry. So what we'll do, we've only just onboarded them. So mid December, We're going to have like our DW quiz. And what we do is I'll do a quiz, a pop quiz, basically on every (laughs) single piece of knowledge. And we do this for all the brands. And like even when somebody new comes in, we're like, so who does so and so work for? And people get so confused. (laughs) But honestly, it's been the best way to engage the team, make sure everybody knows who everyone is. And it's a bit of a laugh as well. Um, Yeah, yeah. So I think that's 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 a process but like I would say obviously Zoom has been a lifesaver for us um just asana 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 for project management has has changed the game
1: awesome
0: and also uh general general assembly if you have an agency get your team onto the workshops on general assembly they are absolutely amazing the girls have done a couple of them and they've been brilliant
1: that's great really really interesting um and is there was there particular content that they went for or did that, that that was particularly effective on General Assembly or any, any particular course that they, they find good?
0: Yeah, um, I was talking to Hannah about this this morning, actually, because um, she's going to do a diploma with them next year as well. So um, Hannah is our content creator. so like She does like photography and videography, but she, she's an mm-hmm. amazing designer and she wants to go yeah. down, more down the UX route. So a couple of weeks ago, she did a boot camp over a weekend on General Assembly, all on UX design. And then she nice. actually redesigned our whole new company website. Um, and like off the back of that seeing what she learned over a couple of days, it's a no brainer for me now to invest in that in the new year because it's it's, it's awesome. So, yeah, like in terms of the agency space, just, just upskilling your team
1: mm, for, a couple, mm. for a couple
0: of hundred quid is so valuable.
1: So I suppose kind of reflecting them back, everything's happened probably rapid, fast for you in terms of setting up the business, you've gone through and grown, added new people, added new clients. Has there been different moments along the way that's helped you shape that, kickstart that? Um, What what, what kind of stands out for you?
0: I don't want to flatter you too much, but (laughs) as you know, you... So, for anybody listening to this, myself and Karan met about four four years ago now. Just when I maybe three years when I, when I just after yeah, I set up Swoop, yeah, probably the four, it's
1: a, yeah, 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 yeah. Like
0: that. yeah. And I worked with him on um on a, on a different project, and then he actually when himself and Andrea uh, set up Swoop, they they brought me under their wing even before it had a name. I remember. Oh, geez, we, the we set panic. up all the social media accounts and everything. <laughs> yeah yeah well you know what? we had such a laugh along the way and i think meeting you was such a defining moment and i'm not just saying this because i'm on this podcast because what happened the after effect of that all the people you introduced me to really changed the way that like like the business was shaped and i and i've said this to you before like and i i'm i would be forever grateful to you for that and this is why i absolutely fly the flag for swoop as well because the amount of you know the amount of businesses that you guys <laughs> have turning <laughs>
1: This turning into propaganda.
0: <laughs> oh no, it's not. No, no, no. Um, and you know what? As well, I actually asked my team about this. I was like, you know, what are some of the defining moments? And I think another, like, a moment that really shaped, I think, where this business could go. There was two where I was brought to Croatia to give a talk to a couple of hundred business owners. And that then allowed me to sort of position myself as, okay, I am an expert in this field. But again, I was so young, I was 25, and I didn't have the confidence. I'm from Ireland, like nobody knows me, I'm, I'm a woman. You know, that was, that, that, that was also the, the confidence piece. So I think when I went to Croatia, that's, that gave me the confidence and it really was like anything that built my confidence personally. And then when me and the team, I think as well, you mentioned five guys at the start, like when we won five guys, that was a moment where we were like, okay, we know what we're doing. Like if a company yeah. like that, you know, and, and then, yeah. and I think one of our a campaign then that would like, I think, define like how passionate we are about something is last year we were, Basically, given I, I had a phone call and there was supposed to be like a march taking place seven days after I got this phone call. And they were like, but there's no brand awareness. It was going to be a protest against um, a factory burning fossil fuels, of course, pre-COVID. And um, And me and the girls, we stayed in the office. We practically moved into the office for seven days just to get this campaign done. Like, I mean, like, weekend work, everything stayed till midnight. And we ended up getting four and a half thousand people to march the streets off the back of a social media campaign. Like, it was so, so that type of case study. So, there's always going to probably be one that you can say, no, we've done this. And that was also like, that was also a defining moment. But I think the biggest thing is the mistakes. We're probably oh, yeah. the things like like the. I think I just think I still get the fear over the over that website. Like I have nightmares about it. <laughs> and even though like we do, like we design websites now for people. Like like we do, like like we do all yeah. of that now. But just when you're when you're so premature. And I'm trying to think of one or two other funny ones, but probably not appropriate for, for this sort of podcast. I <laughs> don't know,
1: please. <laughs> I suppose then uh, that was looking back, but lo- looking forward, uh, you guys have obviously gone massively strength to strength recently. Um, what is it now that you're onboarding more clients, you're doing bigger things? Like, why you, how do you set your goals for the next level? Where do you want to take DW next?
0: We want to, our, our, our big goal is actually to grow more in Ireland. So like the goal mm-hmm. is always to come over, you know, set up a business in the UK, work with amazing UK brands, and then it was, what, place more of a focus on the Irish market, however, only in the last month we've, we've we've got a couple of new partnerships and now we're kind of rethinking our business strategy for the next 12 months because of like new partnerships that we've developed so for us mm-hmm. it's co- it's constantly changing like it, it, yeah. it really really is but something we are doing and which i'm so excited about is the girls like the team are such creators and we want to now, like for example emily um our marketing manager her little sister is just out of uni and unfortunately like the job market is isn't great at the moment, so she's actually mm-hmm. started working for us, um, and now she's going back to do a masters and. What I learned from, from the last couple of months is that young people need an opportunity. So what we're doing is we're going to set up a creator's hub where young people will have access to us. In like, It's going to be in a private Facebook group. And what we are mm-hmm. going to do is share all of the successful content that we've done or like campaigns or ideas just to give them a head start because nobody has that. Like I have an amazing head start. And I'm so I, I'm so excited about that because I just think People coming out of university now, it's going to be so tough. And so we're going to have like a DW Creators Hub where like they have access to us. And like we'd we'll be like, OK, guys, we did this for five guys. It worked really well. Or we did this for us. Absolute disaster.
1: Um, so, <laughs> so,
0: so, so I'm really that's excited. Amazing. That's like that's the 2021 plan. Uh, we'll be launching that in January. So I'm so excited
1: for that. Uh, very excited to see that myself. And um, You mentioned partnerships there. How big a role do partnerships play in early stage business? massive
0: absolutely massive i think something that you know in in early stage you you can't do everything yourself and you don't know everything and like at the end of the day for 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 a lot of people like your network is your net worth and if you're not willing to like open your door to other businesses or you know work together in project or even just uh, collaborate um i think i think businesses will get stuck you know there has to be like like in terms of Growth for a business, I, I can't see it being one route. You just can't create amazing content and expect people to come to you. You need third party endorsement. Like mm-hmm. like you you can tell everybody how great you are, but until anyone else says it, you're it's pointless.
1: Nice, um, Emir. I cannot thank you enough for coming on, uh, sharing all the experiences, the the good things, the things that you probably have learned from mistakes you've made. Uh, it's invaluable for anyone listening, particularly anyone who wants to go into that agency landscape. And um, I think you've you've talked about it uh, eloquently at length, but it, it really comes through your your passion and how much you care. And I think that's a big differentiator for how you run your business and, and, and why you've probably been so successful over the last couple of years. So uh, hopefully anyone listening will, will definitely pick up on that. Um, but just a massive thank you from from us for coming on and, and talking to us today and, and giving us a bit of the DW story.
0: Thanks a million for having me and can't wait to hear the rest of the episodes.
1: <laughs> yeah, cheers. Thanks so much, Eamon.